talking about some BS product on your channel, which is what most influencer marketing is, that they know that they're not going to produce any sales and it's kind of a scam, really. Welcome to the Winning with Shopify podcast, the podcast that will teach you to take your Shopify store and turn it into an automated sales machine with the latest marketing, email, sales, and social media advice, strategies, and tips from experts without the fluff. Your host, Caroline Balinska, the founder of JustAskParker.com, the only small marketing task agency for Shopify owners. With over 10 years' experience in marketing, manufacturing, design, and e-commerce, she shares her knowledge and interviews the experts to help you in your journey to success. Now, here's your host, Caroline Balinska. Hi everyone, welcome to the Winning with Shopify podcast. This is your host Caroline Blenska and today I have a super amazing show for you. It's something a little bit different and I'm really excited to be presenting it today because it's been in the making for about two months now and it has completely blown my mind. It's better than anything I've ever imagined. If you don't know what I'm talking about yet, it is the Social Media Influencer Marketing Summit for Shopify Merchants. I've been putting this together for the last two months and I've been speaking about it here on the podcast. This is completely free for today, tomorrow and on Wednesday, 29th, 30th and 31st of October. Now, I have been putting this together and the whole basis of this summit was to help Shopify merchants understand exactly how to work with influencers, to find out if it's right for them, to know what strategy to use, to know exactly what apps are out there. And I've been putting this together for the last few months and I have interviewed the most amazing people I could ever imagine. Everything that's come together is a million times better than I could ever expect. So what I wanted to do today was just give you a taste of exactly what's in the summit. Like I said, it's completely free. So go and sign up. It is winningwithshopify.com slash summit. And you can get all the information there. Just sign up. It's free and watch all the videos. I'm actually going to be bringing out some bonus content over the next couple of months as well. So once you sign up, you'll get all of that as well as I bring that out over the months. Because what I found is that I've been learning about so many new apps that are coming out on the market, so I'd like to get some more information about those as well. During this summit, I have got app developers talking about different ways to use their apps for influencer marketing. And every single app is actually completely different. So none of the two people from um, the different software companies are bringing the same information. Every app has its unique features and benefits, so it's really good to understand which one works best for you. The other thing I've done is interviewed a whole lot of actual influencers with huge varieties of how many followers they have. So you can get an idea of what's actually out there and what influencers are like. They have just been amazing. They have been so giving with the information that they have been willing to share to help you get really good success using influencers. I've also interviewed other Shopify merchants, people who are doing amazingly well on Shopify running their businesses. One of our interviewees is actually from Blender's Eyewear, Chase from Blender's Eyewear, and he's done over a million, he's doing a million sales a year at the moment with his sunglasses. And then I also have Michael and he's talking about four brands that he owns and how all four brands work differently and two of them work very well on YouTube. So he's been doing a lot with YouTube and he talks a lot about that with us. I've also got another uh, Shopify merchant who she is actually an influencer. She's been an influencer for a long time. So she's actually on the summit talking about it from both angles, being an influencer, 
and then starting her own brand and working with other influencers. So that's super interesting as well. I also have a legal expert, Christy, who's talking about the legal side that you need to understand. All I can tell you is every single speaker brings something completely different to the table and there's no two giving the same sort of advice. So I really highly recommend that you listen to all of the speakers that we do have on the summit. So let's get into it. I've got Mike up first from Glambassador. I'm going to be sharing with you a little bit of the interview that I did with him. If you want to get the whole interview, of course, head over to winningwithshopify.com slash summit to get the full interview over there. Let's get started. Yeah, especially if they're just starting out. Uh, a lot of brands are just starting with the micro influencers or they'll, they'll do the um, they'll either do the gifting or they'll do uh, the minimum budget for the cash campaign, which is a hundred dollars. And then that's basically, that'd be a micro paid micro influencer campaign. And that's usually a good place to start. And the most important thing is just selecting a brand, uh, an influencer with great engagement. That's the number one thing. And, um, yeah, I'd say if you're just starting out, just try, just try the minimum campaign and, or a gifting campaign and see what happens. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, it's great. I like to hear the, you know, I hear a few people very set on only do it this way. And if you don't do it that way, then it's never going to work. But I don't believe that that's where we're at with influencer marketing. I think that we're at that place where I said it before, you've said it a few times, test your business, like every business, a makeup brand, Anastasia Beverly Hills, she'll do it one way and it works for her. Someone else has tried that and hasn't gotten the same success as she exactly. has. So it really just, you know, you've got to hit the market at that exact point and try it out. Yeah, and I, I think it's also important not to put all your eggs in one basket if you're just starting out. Like if, if, if uh, I'd say gifting campaign, definitely, cause where you select like maybe maybe two or even five influencers if, you're, if it's your first go around. That way you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. You have um, different modes of people coming in, so. It's definitely the way to go. Fantastic. I just had a, one of my clients, because I, I do coaching, e-commerce coaching as well, and I had a client just email me before our call, and she goes, oh, my God, I had an influencer reach out to me from nowhere, yeah? Just she didn't reach out on a new platform. The influencer reached out to her, and she goes, oh, should I work with her? She got so excited. that like she, she hasn't launched her brand yet. It launches in the next two weeks. But she's okay. slowly getting things out there, yeah? So it's just she hasn't, like, launched properly yet. It's just starting. So she's just set up her Instagram account in the last few days. And so this influencer reached out, and she got my client got really excited. She's like, oh, my God, should I go ahead? And I went, hang on a second. First thing you need to know is what's her engagement and who's her audience. This girl was really beautiful and really sexy. And I went, for what you sell, she might have an audience of 22-year-old men who are not going to be your target audience. So that's the first thing I want you to do is check yeah. out her audience and check out where they are because, you know, an engagement. Because if that doesn't match with your brand, then nothing's going to work for you. Mm-hmm. And I've always said, actually, to uh, maybe as always ask the influencer for a screenshot of the demographics, because a lot of the influencers, they like say, if, if you're in the States and you're looking for an influencer in the States, that might not only limit you to influencers that are in the States, because there are some influencers overseas that have their main demographic in the States as well. So Yes. That's great one. That's a great one. Screenshot of their engagement and their um, information. Yeah, their demographics. 
Okay, the next speaker I wanted to bring you a snippet from is actually David Duncan. He is from Brand Snob. He is a fellow Aussie and they are doing amazing things. I noticed this company about six years ago back in Australia when they first started out and they have adapted and molded and changed over those years as they've seen influencer marketing change as well. So what they're concentrating on a lot these days is gifting, the gifting of setting up an influencer marketing campaign where you just gift the product to the influencer. You're not paying out a large amount of money to begin with. So a lot of people, when they're starting out in influencer marketing, like to do this first, get their toe in the water, check out what it's like. It's not a huge investment to start off with. And these days, everyone's seeing amazing success with the gifting strategy. So let's get into it. I'm going to give you a little snippet of David Duncan's presentation and to see the rest of it, come over to the summit and sign up. It's completely free winningwithshopify.com slash summit and jump in. It's all online. You can watch everything from the comfort of your home and learn more about influencer marketing with David Duncan and every other guest. So let's get into David's presentation. So let's, let's get into a little bit of substance behind gifting and why it actually works. Um, what is it that's made gifting successful for those brands? Um, let's jump into three simple reasons. Um, first one that we like talking about is gifting creates room to create more authentic relationships between brands. And certainly to drive sales today, it's critical to build that trust and authenticity with influencers and their audience. When accepting a gift in exchange for product, influencers are posting to their followers because they generally like your product, and that's really important. And this frees them to share a more genuine, personalised review about their product. Um, according, you know, we've got some stats here. According to Stackler, um, who did a survey in the US, UK and Australia, 86% of people say authenticity is important when deciding what brands they like and support. And in the same survey, 90% of millennials said brand authenticity is important. And this data shows that young people prefer, prefer real and organic content over overpackaged and perfect content that sometimes you get when you're paying for advertising. So gifting is also easier to deploy at scale. Instead of shelling out a big budget for a few larger influencers, brands can afford to give more product and reach potentially hundreds of influencers. And this helps you reach a wider range of niche audiences and has your campaign running for longer periods of time. And this is certainly especially valuable on platforms like Instagram because Instagram brands are finding that, you know, their organic reach is already declining and they're looking for now alternative ways to reach new audiences. And so gifting gives you that authentic, um, you know, spread and it allows you to capture a broader segment of influencers because you can afford to do more that way than if you're paying influencers. Um, one of the good examples that we talk about is Fashion Nova. You know, these guys almost exclusively gift product and that practice has allowed them to grow to over 13.5 million followers on Instagram, which is, which is fantastic. You know, those guys are well-known brand and they're almost exclusively using gifting as, as a mechanism for attracting new audiences. The third point we talk about is an interesting one because there is actually a catch with gifting and the catch is that it's, I'm sorry, that catch is, actually an advantage for brands. Um, the catch is that brands 
using gifting are only probably going to attract micro influencers. On Instagram, these are these are influencers who have between 10k and 100k followers. We're not saying that we can't attract larger influencers than that. You know, you can certainly at times attract bigger influencers who are generally interested in your product, but generally the bigger the influencer, the more likely they are to want to be paid for the collaboration. So micro influencers in this sweet spot in this 10k to 100k or 5k to 100k type mark are more willing to accept free products over payments and are likely to have a high percentage of engagement and a more loyal following as well. And that's a really important thing for you as a brand. So rather than um, using a major celebrity to promote your product, you're using these micro influencers that have this really loyal, engaged following. And generally, when you're looking at the spread, you can use 10 smaller influencers and their total following against, say, one influencer with the same amount of following will actually get you a lot more engagement. And that's really important from a brand perspective. If you can you can leverage those tighter, more loyal audiences and more engaged audiences and get to those people through these smaller micro-influencers, that's a really good advantage for your brand. Um, when we're looking at some of the stats there, um, this is one of the stats that a few people use. I know it's it's 30% of consumers are more likely to buy a product recommended by a non-celebrity blogger. Um, and that's uh, according to a company called Collective Bias. Um, in the same survey, they found 70% of millennials prefer product endorsements by non-celebrity bloggers. And so this is all pointing towards, you know, the new generation of buyers out there preferring smaller micro-influencers when it comes to product purchase than, say, a recommendation from a, a celebrity. Um, Google also in their um, stats show that YouTube creators are four times more effective at driving lift in brand familiarity than celebrity bloggers are. So that's that's a, a real pointer towards micro-influencers being a really sweet spot for, for brands trying to get off the ground. Um, I've got an example here of a really big brand that's done exceptionally well through this strategy. Anastasia Beverly Hills, for example, have made sure to always choose influencers based on high-quality photo and video content, not just follow account. As a result... In 2018, these guys have become the most posted beauty brand on Instagram. Um, they've got the highest number of interactions um, from beauty influencers on Instagram. Um, I think right now there's about 17 million posts tagging Anastasia Beverly Hills, and all of that's through gifting. Um, and that's that's a fantastic number, isn't it? You know, you, if you get to that point with your brand and, and you've got that much content content out there on Instagram, you know you've probably done something fairly <laughs> right. So I know that's, um, you know, that's probably the dream of most new startups. It's to, it's to get that viral effect of people wanting to post about your product. And when we're talking about these brands, because of the success they've had with gifting, other influencers also want to post about their product too. So it has this kind of viral effect. You get these really good influencers who are generally posting about the product because they love it, and other influencers go, I'll get on board. And so it makes the job easier for the brands when they're gifting and their relationship is genuine. It makes it easy to actually to attract new influencers as well. Okay, now I'm going to bring you a little taste of the interview that I had with Michael Jackness. Michael, or Mike as he likes to be called, is the owner of four Shopify stores and two of them are very, very successfully using influencer marketing with YouTube influencers. 
So this is going to be a fantastic interview for you to listen to. I'm just going to give you a little snippet of it now, but head over to the website and get the full interview there. This where this interview is going to blow your mind. It really does give you a lot of great information if you want to work with YouTube influencers and make you understand whether you need to work with them at all, if it's going to work for your business. And it also gives us some really great advice on emails and how to send out that first initial email. So let's get into this little snippet of information with Michael and then head over to the website winningwithshopify.com slash summit to get the full interview over there internal document. We're really good at making SOPs and we have uh, someone in our Philippines team do all the outreach. So I, you know, I wrote the initial template of what to send to the influencer. And then we have these guidelines of uh, if you, if they have less than 5,000 subscribers, uh, they get one individual product. If it's five to 10,000 subscribers, then they can pick from products from our catalog. And as long as they aren't greedy, we just send them what they ask for. Uh, and if they have more than 10,000, then we allow them to also then uh, do a giveaway for their audience. And we typically will ask them, how many would you like to give away? Let it be open-ended so they get to kind of pick. No one's ever come back with like 20. You'd be surprised. Most people are pretty cognizant of like what is fair. And it's usually somewhere between like one to five is like kind of the the, the standard what people ask for. Uh, and we gladly do that for them. And we facilitate the the, uh, the delivery of the product as well for them. So all right. they have to do is give us an address. We make it super easy for them. So, and that way they can choose how they want to do the giveaway. And typically, and this is where like the interest align, because if they're doing a giveaway, um, you know, typically what it is is like, you know, you have to subscribe to my channel. You have to leave a comment on, on this, on this video and that, that helps them. So now they're the, the, the channel owner's happy because they're getting higher engagement, more subscribers. Um, and, and then the person winning the product is probably actually going to want the product because they're watching a channel specifically about coloring. So it's instead of like a lifestyle blogger doing something like this where they can give two craps about coloring, they're going to get this and resell it on Amazon or eBay or give it to a friend. Uh, like they actually want the product. Yes. So like all this kind of like, you know, all the stars kind of align perfectly with this thought process. And like I said, I mean, we have it, uh, someone in the Philippines who so are doing this uh, at a very cheap rate, doing all the outreach. They're doing the searches. They, they catalog everything uh, on a Google spreadsheet, and then they reach out with a, a templated email. If we don't get a response, they another templated email. They, we do that three times, and then we just write them up. We don't get a reply, and they deal with all the communication afterwards to to get the person to get the product in their hands. And uh, it's been working working pretty well. And on that note. Are you, have you tracked what actually happens with that person that gets a giveaway? Have they purchased from you again? What's the percentage of people buying? Do you take, do you track that? And then also, do you put anything special in the actual package that's going to the giveaway person? Like, do you give them a voucher for some other discount on your website? Do you do anything like that as well? We haven't, uh, because they're, we use Amazon for fulfillment. Um, oh, so okay. we don't yeah. actually ship it from here. It's one, one of the downs, like one of the upsides of using Amazon for fulfillment is that we don't have to deal with the fulfillment part of it. Uh, and, and they're cheaper than anything else. Uh, the downside is that you can't do stuff like that. Um, yes. and it's something that we had to kind of come to terms with because we used to do things like this, uh, in the past, not just with influencers, but with a whole host of things. Um, but for our business, we wanted to scalability and, and everything and, mm -hmm. and to not, not make that 
part of our core business, the fulfillment part. And uh, yeah, so unfortunately we, we can't do that. Uh, no, and I, yeah. yeah, if if it's five things, you're not going to change your whole process of shipping just for that. It makes total sense. Yeah. And you're niching it down. You're getting the right person in the first place. So chances are that they are going to purchase from you anyway at some stage or they're going to tell their friends about it. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely the hope. Uh, we can definitely, the, the, the thing that's really difficult to, is the tracking of like what's happening uh, with, with influencers, but we've done it in a way where we can kind of guesstimate the, the, mm-hmm. the results. Um, so we're, we're typically like working with one influencer at a time. We like let them launch their video and we kind of can, can see from a business standpoint with that skew, like have we seen any bump? across all of our channels. And what we do, uh, we allow, we, we sell all of our stuff on Amazon. So we allow the influencer to use their Amazon affiliate link. Uh, again, our interests are aligned there. Like we, they get the affiliate income and we get the sale. Um, so that typically makes the influencer happy. If they're, again, if they're running a channel about, about coloring and they're talking about gel pens for coloring, uh, and they're, they're legitimately excited about the product and like it, then they're happy to get that affiliate income. They know that their their audience is going to go click through and buy, right? So I mean, like, rather than just talking about some BS product on your channel, which is what most influencer marketing is, that they know that they're not going to produce any sales, and it's kind of a scam, really. Um, and maybe that's one of the reasons why the other uh, person that was on on this thinks lowly of what what's going to happen uh, in the future with this stuff. But I don't know. I, I think that subject matter expert stuff is, is going to continue to, to do really well. And you know, so we, we look at at our Amazon sales immediately following the, the influencer launching their, their video. And we'll, we also give them a link to our, our Shopify store, colorit.com. And we can look at, at that as well. And we can kind of, we also will use a discount code. So we'll, we'll give them a, uh, the, each influencer, their own code, but it's not an affiliate code. So we can see how many times that that coupon got used. But the reality is, is most people buy off of Amazon. I mean, you offer someone 10% discount to go buy a colorit.com. They'll still go buy on Amazon because they already have their credit card info there. They get free two day shipping. They think that they need to get value out of their prime membership and all this other stuff. Uh, it's, it's hard to, to drive sales away from Amazon. No, and that makes sense. And that's why I had you here because I want you to give us this sort of feedback because it's really interesting. So people don't get um, put into this cloud of, oh, it's all so easy and these things happen like this and it's great. You're giving, you know, complete honest feedback, which I love. You mentioned before um, how you search for um, for people on YouTube do you use something like TubeBuddy or a platform like that where you actually check out keywords? So because you went through a few things and I think some people are sitting there thinking, well, what would, what would be the, ter- the terms that I should be searching for? Um, do you just think that, you know, you should know your brand well enough to know all of those sort of words or do you use some sort of other um, outside platform? Yeah, we definitely, I haven't even heard of TubeBuddy, so I'm going to go check that out. So maybe I learned something today that's going to be valuable, which is awesome. Um, I'm actually going to write that down real quick. But uh, we, we just have them do uh, a manual search. So um, You just know your sorry. product so well. That yeah, you- I mean, each brand, you know, we'll sit down with our, our person in the Philippines. First of all, like one of the things that we do uniquely, first, we have an office in the Philippines. So we don't have 12 people scattered all over, like every island all over the Philippines. So yeah. what we can do because of that. They all get to work together in one room 
and we send the like every product that we sell, like they have it there. So they get to look and touch and feel the product and play with them. Most of the people there like love playing with our products, uh, at least some of them. And so they have a pretty good feel for, for the product when they're talking to, to, to influencers or to customers or what other, other parts of our business that, that that comes in handy for. I think that that, that definitely helps, but we will have an initial meeting with them. Um, when we want to promote a new product, this is actually a part of our launch strategy. When we launch a new product, it's typically when we're going to influencers. So you know, we have, uh, a new set of watercolor brush pens, for instance, that, that we just use. That's the most recent product that we just did this with. So we'll have a 30 minute meeting with the team in the Philippines saying, here's what we think are the, the, the selling factors for our pens versus everything else in the market. They're, they're refillable. Uh, they're using like real artist quality uh, brushes. They're, they're uh, acid free ink. Uh, they're, they're just, you know, all these different types of things that, that make them better. They come with a case, et cetera, et cetera. And then we talk to them about, like now who we want to go target. So like, here's, you know, we want to go after all these watercolor based terms. And and so they'll go after and look for people that have channels about watercoloring and uh, offer to, to send them that product. And and typically if the person's into that, they're going to be like, Oh wow, I get a free set of watercolor brush pens. Of course I would love to take those. And we don't put any pressure on the influencer. Like they don't have to actually review it. Um, so they don't have to then say like, I'm being compensated or anything like that for, for doing this. They'll, they, they typically will say like color. It sent me these for free um, just for disclosure, but uh, they're not being compensated. So they, they don't have to do any like FTC disclosures or anything like that because of that. Um, and then that way that's like, that's kind of how we, we go about like the, the keywords and the things that the channels that are out there. Just so I can show you exactly how much variety we have on this summit, I want to bring you a little snippet from Christy's interview. She is the legal expert that I have on the summit. She's talking all about the legal aspects you need to take into account as a brand owner when working with influencers. So you don't want to miss this. It is fantastic. She gives us so much great information and things that you really need to take action on immediately. If you haven't done so yet and you're already working with influencers, you need to do these things. Or if you aren't working with influencers yet, then you can get yourself organized and make sure that you're protected so nothing goes wrong. So let's get into a little snippet of the interview with Christy. That's a good question. I don't think that you would have to take the post down because it's time stamped. So it okay. will be, you know, on July 1st, I did this video saying how much I love this cream. It's now November and, you know, she doesn't use it anymore, but that post is still there. I think it's okay because of the timestamp. If you were going to run a new one, yes. then I think you'd have an issue because that, you know, they don't use it anymore. It's hard to then it becomes, is it deceptive? Because you're talking about how much you love this product. You're not using it anymore. Um, unless of course the, the video said, I used this in the past and I liked it. Yes. Then you're being honest, you know, about when you used it and when you didn't. Um, so the rule is, you know, that the ad can only run for as long as the person continues to use the product or you, you have reasonable, you know, reason to believe they still do. Um, so yeah, I think keeping the post up with the timestamp is, is fine. 
Um, I think the only time you'd run into problems is if you wanted to reuse it two years later. Um, maybe your product has changed. Maybe like it might be a pregnant and you're not pregnant anymore. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Or, you know, the, the product itself, maybe you've changed the formula and you want to bring back that influencer to say, I used it while well, they used the old one. You know, so you just want to always keep it current. Yeah. It's about being real. It's about telling the truth. 100%. And you mentioned the continuity of persona. That's a very interesting one. And I just wanted to touch on that because it's one that a lot of people will brush over. But as an example, what came to my mind straight away was that big case that happened, well, the big situation that happened recently with that Dita Von Teef. Is that her name? The tattoo girl? And it was about her own brand, but she, if for anyone that doesn't know, she's huge on Instagram. She's got millions of followers. She's got her own brand of makeup and people rave and rave and rave and rave about her makeup. Like they just say, you cannot get anything better than her makeup. And she put up a post one day on her Instagram that was about her business, but suddenly put up a post and said, I don't believe in getting vaccinations for my baby and I will never vaccinate my baby. It was a personal opinion that she made on her business account, like it's her personal account, but it's her business account. She had the biggest backlash and to the point where people were posting. So these same people that had been saying there's nothing like her products. And then people started saying, you know what? There's all of these brands that make exactly the same thing as hers. Don't buy hers. Go and buy these. Her business, they said like it dropped by half or something overnight because of a post wow. like that. And that's like the point. So for her, it's her brand and it's her product. So that's mm-hmm. her business. But imagine if you had an influencer do something like that, like that, like it blows your mind to think, imagine if you paid an influencer and she's put up this post and that happened. And then everyone's like, oh, and she loves that product. And now I'm not going to use that product either. So I just wanted to touch on that because that yeah. is an example of the extreme of how it can happen, but it proves that it can happen very easily. And sometimes influencers are loose cannons. Like that's sometimes that's why they're famous, you know, is because they say it like it is and they're all out there doing all this stuff, which is good. But we want to make sure that we're, you know, they are aware of, you know, this, of this fact that they, they're agreeing that for the length of time that they agree to promote your product or service, um, that they don't do any, you know, crazy things stuff. like that, that have a, you know, people have a, a very passionate stance either for or against. Mm-hmm. Um, because exactly like you said, they're going to identify that person's feelings that maybe they don't identify with, with your product now. And it has nothing to do with you or your products, but because people have, have connected that influencer to your product now, and now this influencer is connected to this belief, you're now connected to that belief. So exactly. It's, uh, it's just an important piece. Okay, everyone. So I hope you enjoyed that. Like I said, I just wanted to bring you a few snippets so it can help you understand exactly what we've got going on in the summit. As I said, it's free for the next three days. Come and head over and sign up. Watch it all from the comfort of your own home. There are 19 different interviews in there that you get to watch. And I will be bringing out bonus content over the next couple of months. There is no other information out there quite like this. No one's ever put anything like this together before. And everything that you're going to learn is going to help you move forward as a successful Shopify merchant. So jump over to winningwithshopify.com slash summit and sign up for free and get all of the information over there. Learn all about influencer marketing. Until next time, keep smiling. Thanks for listening to the Winning with Shopify podcast. Join the Facebook group, 
facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash winning with Shopify and get our show notes at justaskparker.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And as a listener, get 20% off at justaskparker.com by using the code podcast.